3: listening to the Vox Media podcast network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAfighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck.
4: What the heck?
3: Well, hello there everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us once again this week. Coming off a very busy weekend in the combat sports world, we're going to discuss that. We got UFC 263 coming up this Saturday. We're going to be discussing that. That is a great event. Two title fights. We get Israel Adesanya versus Martin Vittori for the middleweight title rematch, and then we get the flyweight title rematch. I'm so excited for that one. Davis Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. I think this is one of the top five fights I've been looking forward to the entire year. Of course, the return of Nathan Diaz to the octagon. He's going to fight Leon Edwards. Big fight right there. The whole card is really good. Blamaha versus Damian Maya. Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. And I believe that there is a unbelievably understated women's flyweight bout that is just not getting enough love between Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood because the next title contender, no doubt, is coming out of that fight. So it's a really good card. Really looking forward to it. We had UFC Vegas 28 this past Saturday. Jarzinho Rosenstrike knocks out Augusto Sakai at the buzzer in round number one. He is back on track. We'll see where he goes in this heavyweight division. Marcin Taibora got a big win over Walt Harris. Just your heart breaks for Walt Harris because it seemed like things were heading in the right direction. Tybora ends up turning the tables, taking the momentum, and stopping Walt Harris. So, Yeah. If you watch the event, you watched that event for a long time. There were some good, of course, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Miguel Baeza was absolutely unbelievable. There were some interesting fights, some fights that were not that exciting, but it is what it is. All roads were pointing to Glendale, Arizona, and this Saturday UFC 263. Unless we forget what happened on Sunday. Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. <laughs> we all got... We got suckered in, let's be honest. But deep down, we knew it was going to happen, right? We knew exactly what was going to happen. We just thought Floyd would probably put Logan away at some point. Like, it looked like he could have at any point in that fight, at least in the second half of it from probably rounds four through eight. It looked like Floyd was like one flurry away from ending the fight, but doesn't matter. Floyd's the guy who made a lot of money in this fight for an exhibition, and there you go. If you bought it and you didn't like it, sorry. If you loved it, great. I mean, it was just fun. Like, it was just a fun thing. It was an exhibition fight. For those who are looking for Hagler Hearns, it just wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't. But whatever. Hopefully, we don't have to talk about that anymore. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I mean, it's, it's, it's just been a traffic juggernaut. Like, the amount of tension that that fight received is unbelievable and... I'm just, I'm kind of surprised. I really am. I'm I'm really surprised by how much attention that fight got, but we'll see what happens. Happened on Showtime. Chad Johnson, former NFL wide receiver, made his boxing debut. He went the distance with Brian Maxwell. It was an interesting night if he got it. And, And there you go. We'll move on. But there's a lot going on in the Heck household right now. We got the dog that's been here for a week. He's a little crazy. My kids being a little loud and obnoxious right now. So we're just going to rifle through this lineup right now. At least the announcement, the interviews are not going to be rifled through but at least we're going to announce the lineup really quick. And then we'll get to our first conversation coming up on the program. All right. So wrapping us up this week, one of the aforementioned winners from UFC Vegas 28, Sean Woodson returned to the Octagon after about a year away from it. Beat Yusuf Salal, split decision win. Yusuf Salal was not happy about it. It was a close fight. I thought Sean Woodson did just enough to earn that decision, so we'll get his thoughts, what the last year of his career and his life have been like since that loss to Julian Rosa, what he took away from that fight, and so forth, and so on. Chase Hooper is going to join us. Very excited to catch back up with Chase Hooper. He is fighting this Saturday at UFC 263, taking on Steven Ojo Peterson, his first fight since the win over Peter Barrett in December, and he's a lot has happened in his life since we last conversed the last time we spoke was probably like two days after the win over peter barrett but a lot has changed he's acquired some new fun hobbies he's engaged and he spent some time training with some killers we'll get more information on that ahead of his fight this saturday coming up on the show Ray Flores will join us. He's back. If he's back, you know that something crazy happened in the boxing world. He was part of the broadcast team for the international audience for Mayweather versus Paul. He was in the building in Miami. We will get his thoughts on how that fight all played out, the reactions to it all, and his busy schedule. The man's got a lot going on. But first, let us kick things off with a man who will be... Headlining next Saturday's UFC event, UFC Vegas 29, taking on Dan Ige. That is a fantastic fight at 145 pounds, looking to get back on track and joining us for the first time here on What The Heck, alongside his longtime coach, Eddie Cha. Let us welcome in the Korean Zombie. All right, we are less than two weeks away from UFC Vegas 29 at the Apex, which will feature a very intriguing main event at 145 pounds between Dan Ige and my guest at this time, the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. And he's also being joined by his coach, Eddie Cha, who will join us and translate, which I greatly appreciate. Gentlemen, thank you for doing this. How are you? We're good. How are you? I'm doing great, and uh, I appreciate the time very much. We're a weeker and a half or so away from the Spiders record. First fight since the matchup with Brian Ortega. So, Chan Sung, how excited are you to get back on the horse against a really tough opponent in Dan Ige?
5: Oh, 아직 타이틀에 도전할 수 있는 기회가 남아 있는 것 같고 그 실력을 이렇게 할수 있다는 실력을 보여줘야 되는 in the title.
1: He says he's excited to get back in the ring. He still feels like a title contention is possible for him. And, uh, you know, this, this fight is the first step to, to that direction.
3: <laughs> the fight with Ortega didn't go your way. And, you know, from reading various articles, it seemed like you took the loss pretty hard and you kind of had to take a deep look in the mirror after the fact. Is, is that accurate? And if so, can you elaborate on that further? <laughs>
5: 네 yeah, uh, He says losing
1: is always hard, whether it was the OTK or anything like that. So that part is true. Uh, he might have underestimated or made a slight mistake of actually running camp in Korea. So that's why he's back in the States, which were are 2-0 when we went camp out here. And I uh, just like him to turn things around, you know? I mean, it's not his first loss. Hopefully it's his last, but uh, it's just a part of fighting, and, and uh, he's ready to show his skill set this fight.
3: Eddie, qu- question for you. What do you think could have been done differently in that fight against brian ortega was there like something that you saw that you were just like man if we just did this i know it's like hindsight and the fight is over and it's behind you guys but is there something that you saw that you're like man if we were just able to like implement this a little bit better maybe things would have gone our way
1: um yeah i mean we could have started a little bit faster it was our intention to kind of peel out round one and really pick it up in round two which he did and then uh you know he just got caught a little bit with that elbow but, uh, you know, I know Zombie wanted to wrestle that camp and do all sorts of stuff. We kind of prevented him from doing that. But, like, that might have been a slight mistake as well. And he has a great ground game. He's got a great uh, wrestling game and everything like that. So, um, you know, lesson learned. Uh, you know, in hindsight, it's, it's easy to say we should have done this, we should have done that. But uh, I feel like it takes away from, from Brian's win. I thought he fought great. He, he did what he had to do. And so, you know, we'll just kind of leave it at that. <clears throat>
3: Fair enough. I uh, appreciate the candor there. Ch- and Chen Sung, wh- when did you sort of like turn the corner and say, you know what, enough thinking about the Brian Ortega fight? Let's get a new fight on the books. Let's get back in there and and do this thing.
5: Well, 바로 생각했지만, 어, 생각도 조금 했지만, 은퇴를 하지 않는다면 내가 빨리 돌아와서 실력이 내가 증명하고
1: uh, he thought about getting on track kind of right away after the fight. He had uh, a slight doubt of possibly retiring, but then that didn't last too long. He wanted to go back in there and show his skill sets and what he wasn't able to do that fight and uh, get back to training.
3: Why? Why were you thinking about retiring? I know you changed your mind, but but why? Why did it get to that place?
5: 아마 to 선수들이 시합을 지게 되면. He
1: thinks most most athletes when you take a loss like that, especially in the like the higher levels, everybody thinks about slightly retiring. Uh, he, he truly believes that. so it doesn't last too long. It does definitely creep in your head.
3: Yeah, especially in, in this crazy sport of ours. And now you're going to fight Dan Ige, who had the loss to Calvin Cater last year, but then he bounced back with a 22 second knockout win over Gavin Tucker. And then after that performance, he called you out, Chansung. It, it didn't take long for the fight to get put on the books. How did you react to Dan's performance and then him calling you out after the fact? <laughs>
5: 뭐, 뭐 그러는데, 뭐 어쨌든, 자격이라고, he thinks
1: uh, everybody in the division right now is either locked up with somebody, they all got opponents lined up. So, uh, with Danny Gay's last performance, he feels like he's an adversary opponent. And uh, there's nobody really left. Uh, Right now, I mean, the Biebs retired or injured. Holloway was waiting for the belt. Yair got him. So, if you look at the top five, I mean, Ortega's getting the Tato shot. And so, all that was literally left, uh, Cater wasn't ready to perform. He's still concussion uh, protocol. Um, there was nobody really left, but he gave so the fight. Technically, kind of, it was <laughs> the only fight to make, and that made sense.
3: Did the UFC like approach him about a different fight, maybe with Cater or anybody, like before finding out that it was going to take a little bit extra time for him to to get his mind right after the the Holloway fight?
1: Uh, they did. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I know it, it just didn't pan out. I don't think the timeline worked. But yeah, they did offer him and a couple of uh, one other guy, but they were both uh, weren't ready.
3: And uh, for Zombie, do, do you feel like this is the right fight to come back to after that last fight? Like, does this one get you excited? Does it get your blood pumping? Or, like, like Eddie just said, is it just kind of this is the fight I have to take right now?
5: Uh... I
1: he thinks it's it's the it's the fight he has to take in order to get a title shot. Like we talked about, there's not really anybody left. And, and he's excited to fight Dan. He thinks he's an adversary opponent. He thinks it's going to be a good fight. And, uh, you know, every fight, you, you got to be focused and kind of looking forward to it. Otherwise, you are going to go in underestimating a guy. We're not en- underestimating Dan by any means. I think he's a really, really good fighter. He was on a Six Fight Main streak. Uh, the kid is really good. I mean, the guy's his beat. His record speaks for itself. He's ranked right, number seven, and he's a dangerous, dangerous kid.
3: I know you want to get back to the belts. That's that, that's a big goal of yours. How how close do you think you are? Like, if you beat Danny Gay, where does that put you in this division?
5: Hmm. 일단은 사실 내가 이번에 이기면 얘기를 하려고 했는데 어쨌든 나랑 됐고 그리고 챔피언은 Yeah, uh, his
1: his goal was actually to call out Holloway after this fight, but Holloway got Yair here and Ortega's fighting the champ, Volkanovski, and we just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, with injuries and and the the division, the way it's mixing up, so he's just going to kind of see how it plays out. Uh, Can't control anything like that, so... His goal is just to to win first. Once he beats Dan and then see how everything else plays out, and then we'll kind of go from there.
3: And Eddie, obviously Extreme Couture has been a staple of the sport for a little while now. Eric Nixick has become one of the premier coaches in the sport. He's got some world champions in the camp right now. I, I know a fight is a fight. You gotta treat every fight as such, but for you, is 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 there a little extra motivation being able to coach against a guy like Eric?
1: No, I know I know Eric pretty well. I know. Uh, we, we there's no bad blood or anything like that. We've actually used one of his guys for a camp for Eric uh, Anders last camp, uh, Ryder, and uh, nothing. of good things to say about his camp, his gym, Eric. Um, I think Danny is a class hack. I've been watching all almost all his interviews and stuff like that. You know, like uh, so. It's just a fight, you know. Like we're 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 on other sides right now, but at the end, I hope we can all shake hands and go have a beer. Do something else i mean I, we've competed against all the top coaches in the world you know it's a small industry so when you get to a certain level you're going to compete against everybody but um, but yeah i mean it's definitely a challenge but we're not fighting the camps we have a general idea of what they might run and things like that but uh it's going to boil down to the individual making the right decisions and doing the right things in the cage you know i truly believe coaching only goes so far. You, you, the fighter is going to what, what's going to make a difference in this? He's going to have to push through. He's going to have to make the reads, you know, and certain things we will definitely help him make adjustments. But at the end of the day, the, the, this is why the fighters get all the credit because they deserve it.
3: How do we get this thing done, Chen Sung? How do you close the show next Saturday against Dan Gay? How do we get this thing done? <laughs>
5: This the
1: game plan is always to to go a decision and finish it. We train that way for camp the whole time, but he's not surprised if he gets a knockout or if he gets a submission or anything like that. He feels like he can he can go any which way. I'm sure they feel the same way as well. You know, they both have wins on the ground and fields and so forth. So this is what makes it an intriguing fight everyone thinks it's going to be a banging fight might be a wrestling match might be a jiu-jitsu match who knows but anything can happen and that's why the sport is so exciting when you got two guys like that going to the beach you're 19.
3: so i i'm, I'm glad you're here there's a few other things i did want to ask you about Sung. first of all i was so fascinated by the video you put out about different ways that fighters can cheat on the scales during the weigh-ins like different tricks fighters can use to like defeat the scale what inspired you to make that video?
5: 이건 He just said he wants to just
1: keep it a clean sport, you know. We have Usada for for the drug testing, the PEDs and stuff like that, and and uh. The commission is technically in charge of watching the weight scales and stuff, but he just wants it to be fair and kind of uh, educate all the corners and everybody to actually look for those kind of things because uh, he just doesn't feel like it's fair. He doesn't do that. You know, maybe I told him to kind of be careful because now you're throwing people under the bus. He's like, I didn't say any (laughs) names. No, you're not. But it's still, I'm sure your peers aren't going to appreciate this. But that's the way he is. he's, He's always done things the right way. He's never done anything yeah. to, to to break the sports rules or anything like that and so he just wanted to kind of educate the the sport the people knowing what to look for so it's a lot harder to kind of cheat so to speak
3: yeah it was it was wild to watch that whole video um you, yeah i was like what i was like i didn't even think that was even possible especially like at this level because now there's oh. there's only like a person or two up on the stage so i'm like how do you how could you even do this now but you'd be i guess we'd be surprised right
1: yeah, I, I've known a lot of those tricks, and I've heard a lot of stories. I've seen them happen, but uh, there's no way I'd definitely speak on that, you know?
3: Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Do you do you have a, do you have a prediction for the the title fight between Volkanovski and Ortega? I mean, you face one of those men. Who do you think wins that fight?
1: Volkanovski, and Ortega, it's very I think it's almost like. Oh. Actually, 얼마
5: 전까지만 해도 이길 것 같다고 생각을 했는데, a the the take down the a while back, he thought that Volcanoeski would be able to win that fight.
1: Uh, but the more and more he kind of thinks about it and looks about uh, looks at that fight he thinks that Ortega has a good chance of winning uh like <clears throat> the switching stance the leg kicks he doesn't think that Ortega uh, Volkanovski will most likely try to take him down if he does it might be a mistake who knows you know but if he keeps it standing uh the switching stance the leg kicks and the, and the punching pop that Ortega has he definitely has a chance in that fight
3: and then last thing from me um After getting a win for BKFC, Leonard Garcia officially announced his retirement from combat sports. And obviously, you've had some incredible moments in the cage with Leonard Garcia. The first fight was one of the greatest fights of all time. And then you caught him with the first twister submission in UFC history. So I wanted to get your thoughts on on Leonard retiring and those two incredible moments, those fights that you had with him.
1: 만형 전시회가 은퇴 때 요즘에 그래가지고 이게 두번 싸우고 기가 막힌 시합을 해가지고 내가 은퇴하는 걸 어떻게 생각해요
5: 지금? 레노바르시아랑은 뭐 얘기를 시합 때 말고는 한 적도 없고 뭐 만나서 친구도 아니지만 사실 말은 안 통하지만 서로 이런 뭐 대화도 같은 그런 감정이 네. 저한테 있어요. 그래서 제가 은퇴한다고 했을 때 조금 Um, He said,
1: uh, yeah, he's had two amazing fights with him. He hasn't had a relationship where he was able to talk to him or they felt like they called each other or anything in between those fights or anything like that. But he does feel a sense of closeness to him, the the ring time and the fights that they did share. And so he was a little... Like maybe sad a little bit that he retired, but at the same time, it's a part of aging in, in the sport is that you do have to retire. So, um, but he does feel a sense of like a brotherhood, kind of a closeness that he has that he shared the ring with him. So, he wishes him the best, and he uh, did hear about him retiring.
0: and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
3: Great having the Korean Zombie on the show and Eddie Cha as well. Just two brilliant minds in the sport and it's just great to have him. It's great to be able to pick Eddie Cha's brains about stuff and Korean Zombie's just a guy that I've wanted to have on for a while, especially since, if you haven't seen that video, there are English captions in it. It's on the Korean Zombie's YouTube page. It's him kind of rifling through and going through. We wrote about it on MMAfighting.com as well. Like, different ways you can cheat on the scale, and it's, like, pretty fascinating. I'm just like, wow, people actually do that. And he he actually shows you how to do it. It's pretty wild stuff, so go check that out, and I'm excited for that fight between... TKZ and Dan Ige next Saturday in Las Vegas as we move ahead to our next guest. Fresh back from Miami, Florida. He was in the building for Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul on Sunday on Showtime. What else can we say? Let's hear from the man who was in the building, part of the broadcasting for the international audience. Let us say hello once again to Ray Flores. All right, let us welcome back Ray Flores to the program. As you know, on Sunday night, Showtime pay-per-view, Floyd Mayweather fought Logan Paul in an exhibition bout. It's been met with some mixed emotions, to say the least. But Ray was in Miami looking like $10 trillion in that suit as part of the international broadcast team. So I wanted to bring him back to describe the ambiance and talk about all things Mayweather Paul in Miami. Ray, how are you, man?
4: I'm great, man. I'm still buzzing after last night. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, good energy and, you know, solid turnout. People seem to have fun. And, you know, we saw Floyd Mayweather in the ring for likely the final time. So it was certainly a momentous occasion down in
3: Miami. So you're back home. The week is over. The fight is over. What did you think of the fight week overall, especially for an exhibition bout like this? Because I know Tyson Jones was was an exhibition bout, but this one seemed to be on on a much different level.
4: Well, I mean, look, you got Floyd Mayweather and Floyd is one of those polarizing figures that has crossed over into general entertainment and pop culture. And then you had Logan Paul, who's made his name on social media and endeavored into the boxing world And him and his brother, Jake, have been successful drawing attention and drawing money and headlining. And they've gotten a reception. I mean, people, you either love them or you hate them, but you're going to pay attention to them. So, I mean, in my estimation, kudos off to everyone involved in the promotion for when the fight was announced. People were like, really, this fight's happening? And it gained steam and steam. And it was, you know, trending, I think, number one on social media last night. People were paying attention all over the world. And you know what, you know, hopefully people had fun and were entertained and enjoyed the exhibition. I was intrigued by a lot of different things that happened last night that I'm sure we'll dive into.
3: Yeah. I And I think, I think fun is like the right word here, because I think a, a lot of people were aware, but then kind of forgot that this was not a professional fight. Mm. But I mean, the curiosity, like you said, like it just continued to build throughout, like everyone knew that Logan Paul was never, ever going to be able to get in there and outbox Floyd Mayweather. Like, that's just silly to even say out loud as a joke, but you know, he was the much bigger fighter. So people were wondering how that would translate. I'm sure you had some of the same questions heading in, but I guess like right off the bat, like what were your biggest takeaways of the exhibition overall?
4: I mean, Logan Paul can take a punch. I mean, (laughs) some big shots from Floyd. And even though there was a 34 and a half pound weight difference, Look, when you get hit clean by Floyd Mayweather, even at 44 years of age, you're still getting hit by one of the best fighters to ever step inside the ring. And I mean, it was still, you know, he ate some big shots and, you know, he held on. He lasted, you know, 24 minutes and didn't get knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. I mean, that's, I think, a win all to itself for Logan Paul. And for Floyd, I mean, the guy has been there, done that. I mean, he just, there's certain guys that were born to be prize fighters. And Floyd Mayweather is one of those guys. I mean, 25 years in the sporty he pro in, you know, 1996. And even now, still drawing fans and drawing attention, you know, into his mid-40s. I mean, that's ridiculous what he was able to do. Even with an exhibition, like an exhibition that he did, he was on the couch for two years. Didn't even train every day. He goes, I trained a couple of days a week for this thing. You know what I mean? Goes out there, has no issue whatsoever with Logan Paul. And, you know, I know he didn't finish him, whatever, but still, I mean, they they put on, you know, an entertaining, you know, event and, and people had fun. And again, as you pointed out, Mike, it was an exhibition. This wasn't counting. I think we would have seen Floyd step on the gas a little bit more if it's pro, if this was a pro fight, but Floyd's like, it's an exhibition. It doesn't count. You know, let me go out and, and have some fun. And, you know, I don't think he let up per se, but he didn't press the issue the way that he would have had it gone to his professional record.
3: Yeah. Cause I mean, it looked, it looked like he could have put Logan away from like rounds four and on and just, and just didn't do that. And I understand the entertainment aspect of it. It got people talking it. It probably created a lot more, interest and buzz and reaction had he knocked him out in the fifth round. You know what I mean? Like if he had just got out and finished him in the fifth round, you like, yep, this is what we expected. But now that it went the distance, there's much more of reaction now, is there not?
4: Well, of course. And the thing is, Mike, and I mentioned this on the commentary on the international broadcast is as the fight was going on, like after round four and round five, it was almost like you were watching Logan Paul sort of, you know, beat the clock, right? Like trying to, you know, just survive because there was a period in the fourth round where he went back to the corner between four and five, and he had his hand on the corners and he was just breathing heavy. I mean, look, you're in there, you know, with 12 minutes with Floyd Mayweather, that's not easy to do. And he had to last another 12 minutes and he did it. I mean, man, that's like, Pretty impressive in in my estimation, even a 44-year-old Floyd Mayweather. So it was like watching to see if Floyd was going to be able to really turn up the heat and turn up the intensity. So there were storylines as the fight evolved, which I think were compelling for fight fans and people that were just intrigued by the spectacle.
3: As a, I mean, you've watched thousands, maybe tens of thousands of fights at this point in your lifetime. So outside of his ability to take punishment, were you impressed with Logan Paul, the boxer.
4: I mean, you know, he landed a clean shot on Floyd. And that was one of my questions heading into the fight is could he land a clean shot against Floyd? And he did it. I mean, there was questions. We didn't know what the heck we were going to get Mike. I mean, I was like, I I don't even know if this guy's going to be able to touch Floyd. Well, he landed a clean shot on Floyd. It It didn't face Floyd at all. Floyd was like, yeah, okay. You know, but still this is a guy that probably walked into the ring at over 200 pounds Hitting Floyd Mayweather who probably walked in the ring no more than 160. So that is over a 40 pound difference. He hit some full steam and Floyd eats it like, okay. You know what I mean? He landed a clean shot against Floyd Mayweather. I don't think I could do that. So that was mightily impressive to me, you know? So, I know there
3: were, I know there were like technically no scores. Like we, we didn't score anything like people on Twitter were scoring it, but like how did you score it? Like I may have given Logan the first. Like there's an argument to be made, but even that was a little debatable in my eyes. Like I know MMA fighting when we were live watching it and going round by round, we it was a sweep for Floyd, but how did you sort of see it?
4: I thought Floyd won every single round. I didn't give Logan one round. I mean, maybe, maybe one round, but Floyd went out there and he dominated. He looked mightily impressive. He went out and handled his business. He you know, he just, he's a master inside that ring. The thing about Floyd is that he's a student of the game. He's brilliant. I mean, when it comes to education in boxing, Floyd Mayweather has like 17 doctorates. You know what I mean? That's how brilliant and how smart he is with the kind of knowledge that that man possesses. And still to be able to have most of his reflexes into his mid 40s, I mean, my
3: goodness. So the stock of Logan Paul in your eyes has risen regardless of result. I mean, it's, he went the distance. That's all you need to know. You look at the headline. He went the distance to Floyd Mayweather.
4: Exactly. I mean, the guy lasted eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather and that makes him more marketable moving forward. But again, the thing is when it comes to this and and Logan impressed me with his physicality. And I know people are like, Oh, holding and Sam Burgos, the referee said, if we had judges, I would have deducted a point. That's the problem that you have when you go ahead and you don't have judges. But the physicality of Logan Paul with the the ability to tie up Floyd Mayweather and sort of kill the clock a little bit. And yeah, that was impressive. I mean, he's got a strong grip. That's for sure. You could tell that he comes from a wrestling background.
3: And for Floyd, like at the end of the day, he made a lot of money and he didn't lose. So no skin off his hide. He got to show his stuff. He did his thing and he looked he looked like Floyd for a lot of that fight. Like maybe the age, father time beats us all, even Floyd Mayweather, but still he made a lot of money and it was a very successful night. You mentioned at the beginning of this that we may have seen Floyd Mayweather for the final time. Yeah. So in your heart of hearts, do you think that was the last time we see Floyd in a boxing ring, like competing, whether exhibition or not?
4: I think so, because I don't recollect, even, you know, when he had that exhibition in Japan with what was it, Tinshin was his name, And a couple of years ago, Floyd, you know, sort of left it out there. Yeah, we'll see if, you know, another one and everything else. And he came back, but definitively last night after the fight, I mean, not after the fight in the ring, but in the post-fight press conference, he goes, look, I've been at this for 25 years. You know, do I want to do this anymore? Absolutely not. Am I going to do another exhibition? No, I've never heard Floyd say that even about exhibitions. So when he says that, I take Floyd being a man of his word, and I do believe that that will be the case. And now Floyd is really going to go into full promoter mode and sort of teaching his pupils. And if you're a fighter like a Gervonta Davis, who is going to be headlining in a couple of weeks against Mario Barrios, and you have the highest grossing prize fighter of all time, giving you tips and telling you how to deal with certain tactics and how to deal with the medium and the pressure as he moves up the ladder as a pay-per-view star. I mean, my goodness. I mean, talk about being advantageous to you.
3: I know you were working and calling the fights for the international audience, but w- were you aware that a lot of people were having issues with the stream on Showtime? Were you seeing that on social media?
4: No, well, I saw it on social media and that was unfortunate because I remember when Mayweather McGregor happened and the, um, you know, the pay-per-view systems got overloaded because so many people were going ahead and trying to buy the fight and everything else. And I think that digitally, that's what happened with this one. I mean, there was, you know, curiosity, very interested to see the numbers, but with as many people saying, oh, I'm having issues. I saw a lot of different people saying I'm having issues or, you know, I bought the fight and now I got it a little bit late," everything else. That means that the interest really peaked at the very last moment. So, I mean, the 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 ability to be able to promote this thing and get the hype at a fever pitch, I think, is a good thing and advantageous, but it also can be a detriment because you've got to be able to have the capability to handle all that. And sometimes, as we know, systems get overloaded, especially in this digital world that we're now involved in.
3: The reaction to the fight, yeah, it was what it was. And like you just said, like you make a great point. It just goes to show you that because of the reaction to the fight, it just shows you that Mayweather and Paul did such a good job selling it. Like it got people intrigued. The amount of attention it generated in the build was incredible. Do you consider Sunday night a win for boxing? Like, do you think this is something that we're going to continue to see more of in the future? Like former Hall of Fame level world champions just getting in there and moving around with, with with celebrities, kind of polarizing people like that?
4: I think it has to be a case-by-case case basis, Mike, because bottom line is that when you get in that ring, you can get seriously hurt. And you had Floyd Mayweather, who's so brilliant. I mean, this guy just, he knows every centimeter, not inch, Mike, every centimeter of that ring. And he's so You know, his ability to move and understand angles and everything else, you know, he kind of he knows how to keep himself out of danger and he knows how to not inflict as much damage as possible. My whole thing coming into the fight, Mike, was especially with Jake Paul taking the hat of Floyd Mayweather. I'm like, if Floyd's really mad and comes out there and barrels right into Logan Paul, like he could break his eye socket. He could break his jaw. He could break a cheekbone, you know, massive lacerations, you know, broken ribs, things like that can happen. And I don't think Floyd really had that violent attitude heading into the fight. It was more so being a sportsman. When you get guys in there on a case-by-case basis, what if one of them goes in there, with a violent mentality and then something dangerous happens or a serious injury happens. I don't want to see that. So I think it has to be a case by case basis. And was it a win for boxing? Was it a loss for boxing? No, I don't think it was not. It it was a slight win because it drew eyeballs more to the sport. Was it a loss? No, I don't think so. I think it sort of evened out. And now, I mean, we have a very busy summer, in the sport of boxing and in combat sports. I mean, some really good fights coming up and and I'm pumped for all of them. And this happened to kick off the summer. And I think it gets people excited for what's to come in this summer of 2021 with fans being back in the house for combat sports. It's lively. It's energetic. And we're going to get some damn good fights across the board with every different entity.
3: You think we'll ever see anything like this in MMA?
4: Well, MMA is a different beast. I mean, maybe, but man, it's going to take a special kind of celebrity or YouTuber to get in there because MMA is wrestling. It's jujitsu. I mean, you could snap your arm like that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you can get knocked out like that in boxing, but you only have to really worry about, you know, keeping your hands up and not getting knocked out. Whereas MMA, you can get taken down. You could break your arm. If you get taken down the wrong way, you could break your arm. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you could get injured. I think you could get injured more at MMA than what you can in boxing because of, you know, your limbs and your legs and everything else. I mean, what happened to Chris Weidman? I mean, can you imagine? Oh, my God. I mean, just a horrendous injury. And I'm glad that he's walking and he he looks to be, you know, getting better. I mean, what a, I mean, my heart, my thoughts and prayers go out to Weidman on a speedy recovery. But, you know, you don't play fighting. I mean, that's you just don't do that. And, and I just hope guys, if they want to do it, and the thing is about last night with Chad Johnson also, Mike, Guys took it seriously. Everybody on that card took it seriously, trained hard, Looked in great shape, made weight. So if celebrities are going to do it, you better take it seriously because this is nothing nothing to mess around with. The attention, the media is one thing, but once that bell rings, you better bring your best because it is life or death inside that ring. I hate to say it that way, Mike, but that's the way it is.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you didn't say anything incorrect there. You mentioned Chad Johnson; he made his first foray into the boxing realm, and he certainly learned some lessons. He got dropped, but he made it through. What did yeah. you think of uh, the former NFLer going in there and lacing up the mitts? You know what? The fact that he was training with the Charlos—I mean, Jamal Charlo—I mean, those.
4: I know those guys. You know, Jamal and Jamel. I've known them for a long time, and you know, even from prospects to being contenders and graduating to being world champions. Those are bad dudes in that ring. And the fact that Chad Johnson went in there and was sparring with them, I believe he sparred with them. I'm like, whoa, like you're learning under the Charlos and Ronnie Shields. One thing about Ronnie Shields, He doesn't let up on you. You come in there. He doesn't care who you are. You could be, you know, the president of the United States. You could be, you know, LeBron James. If you're in there to train boxing and he's training you, you're going to do it his way, the old school way, the hard way. And for Chad Johnson to make it through a training camp to get knocked down by a bare knuckle boxer, an MMA fighter, a guy who had one professional fight to get up and beat the con and my hats off to him at 43 years of age that takes some guts and some tenacity. So I was impressed by Chad Johnson. You know, he, you know, he had some things to work on, but you know what? He looked
3: the part. And like you said, he took it seriously. And that's the most important thing. Like Nate Robinson, God bless him. He got in there and fought Jake Paul and he was throwing bombs and trying to end it early. But you could tell there, I don't think he took it as seriously as, as Chad Johnson did. Is that, is that fair?
4: I would say that because the thing is, is that you really have to dedicate You know, eight to 10 weeks, even before that, before you even get into a hardcore training camp, you got to be in shape going into camp because you don't go into camp trying to get into shape. You need to go into camp already in shape and Chad Johnson did it. And I, didn't, I heard nothing but positive reviews from the Charlos. And listen, the Charlos are guys that are not going to just throw out compliments just to do that. That's not their personality. That's not their DNA. Same thing with Ronnie Shields. So for them to say, and for Errol Spence to say, hey, Chad Johnson went out there and, you know, he fought hard. I mean, he gained the respect of world champion fighters. And that's not easy to do in this sport.
3: There was one person who thought Logan Paul won last night. And that was Jake Paul. Jake Paul. 50-1, all that stuff. Jake Paul is, is a character. And yeah. He has a fight booked. He's going to fight Tyron Woodley on August 28th. And this, my man, has been very, very intrigued. This seems like the right piece of business. Seems like the appropriate step up for Jake. Yeah. I like it. I like a lot about this. How did you react to this booking becoming official?
4: Well, I was in Atlanta when Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren. And Tyron Woodley was watching. And he was very militant-like supporting Ben and being around that atmosphere, watching what was going on with Jake. And these two guys don't like each other. Jake is very brash and, and boisterous, and he's a polarizing figure, much like his brother. I would even say that Jake is more of a lightning rod than that of Logan because with Jake Paul, I mean, he just has this, you know, he comes off very brash and cocky but he's been able to back it up in his professional fight. So I understand why, but Tyron Woodley doesn't like him. And I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, but there is a big size disparity as you can tell. I mean, Jake Paul is a lot bigger, thicker uh, than that of Tyron Woodley and muscles don't win fights, but man, oh man, as we get closer to August 28th, that is going to be a very unique and entertaining event. And, You know what? I I think that, again, when it comes to that particular fight, expect the unexpected because you never know. I mean, who knows? You know, we talk about guys getting old in prize fighting. You never know what Jake Paul, if he has any limitations, when is he going to run into that guy who's going to make him fight and put him in precarious positions? Is Tyron Woodley that guy? I don't know, but we'll find out on August 28th.
3: Do you feel if Jake beats him, like it's a decisive win, whether it's a dominant decision or he, or he stops Tyron Woodley, do you feel like the community starts to look at him a little more seriously now? I don't
4: know. Jake is despised by so many fighters and and hardcore fight fans. I don't, even if he goes out there and knocks out Tyron Woodley... I don't know if he's going to get the respect that he's looking for because Woodley's lost what three in a row in the UFC had wow. heading lose by four in a row. Okay. So four in a row. So what people might say is oh, well, he beat a guy that was on a four or five losing streak in the UFC. Now you get him fighting a potential Tommy fury. Who's undefeated the brother Tyson fury. They're both in this, you know, similar weight class. Then I think it starts to open up more eyes I think Jake should be the heavy favorite heading into this fight because, you know, I've talked to Anthony Durrell. I've talked to BJ Flores, Jay Leon, love all guys that are in the camp with Jake Paul and, and Durrell, I think spar with Jake Paul a little bit. And they say that, look, Jake has real talent. And I've heard from numerous sources that he has real talent and what I've seen thus far, he has demonstrated that it's one thing to have the ability in the gym, Mike, but it's another thing, even under the bright lights to go out there and back up everything that you said, even against guys who are, quote-unquote, limited. That's not easy. It's not like Jake Paul went out there and dragged Ben Askren for eight rounds and won a convincing decision. No, he's knocking guys out, sending them into next week, bouncing their head off the canvas like a basketball. So he's backing up what he said in his first three fights. Again, wait and see with Tyron Woodley, because Woodley's going to come out like a mad possessed on August 28th.
3: It's amazing how much attention those guys bring to the to, to the combat sports world. It really is unbelievable. I know we're, you know, we don't like to talk about clicks and stuff like that, but the numbers that Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather brought in were just like mind-boggling. I looked at it this morning, I was like, I I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable.
4: Well, I so, mean, let it be less of younger fighters, though, Mike, to really put an emphasis on being a self promoter. Like it's one thing to have your promoter promote for you, but you are your best promoter and you're your best advocate to generate interest no matter what it is that you do you don't have to be as outlandish as the paul brothers but show personality people want nowadays mike authenticity in in everyday life they don't want the best version of you they want authentic real people that they can follow and gravitate towards and say i can relate to that person and I think younger fighters need to understand that. And I think that it's gonna be, it's just gonna be better for the sport to have more personality being shown, not being not striving away from what you're doing as a person, but just be out there more, make yourself a little more accessible on social media so people can get to know you more.
3: I would uh that's well said. So what is next for one of the busiest people in combat sports? That would be you, Ray. Well, I mean, your next few weeks must be out of control right now. What's, what's your date book looking like these days?
4: Well, I mean, I'm off this weekend. I'm going to enjoy, we call it here in Chicago, summertime shy. So I'm going to enjoy, you know, summertime shy here in Chicago. I'm going to have a lot of fun. Can't wait to see a lot of friends and family I haven't seen. And then uh, next week I go down to Miami once again for a trailer fight club. I'm really excited about this fight Tiofimo Lopez and George Cambosis, I think, I and mean, honestly, I know that Teofimo's a heavy favorite, but this fight's going to be a war. It'll be on pay-per-view. I'm going to be calling, you know, the preliminary portion of being involved in the pay-per-view. So really pumped about that and think it's going to be an excellent card down in Miami at the home of the Miami Marlins. And then um, June 26th, I'll be in Atlanta, I'm, you know, calling the international broadcast for Javante Davis and Mario Barrios. The next night, I go from Atlanta to Minneapolis, we have, you know, David a uh, PBC on Fox. I'll be calling the international that one. July 3rd, calling the international Chris Colbert and uh, Yuriokis Gamboa, I believe is, you know, that'll be out in Los Angeles, July 10th, MLW. And then away we go. July 24th, Wilder Fury will be involved in that promotion with Premier Boxing Champions, Fox, top Rank, ESPN. Really excited about Vegas, August 21, Errol Spence, Manny Pacquiao. So... <laughs> Summer, man. And I can't wait. I'm going to be on the road a lot, but away we go. And it has been, it's so great and refreshing to see fight fans in attendance, having fun, enjoying the fights, feeling that energy, the electricity. I'm fired up, my man.
3: I hear you. I mean, you are, you are a busy guy and uh, life is good, right? Life is good. Busy, but it's good.
4: i'm in in my hometown i'm back in my hometown i'm living the heart of the city having fun traveling all over the country calling kick-ass fights doing interviews with you here on a heck of a show so yeah life is good my man
0: and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
3: Always tremendous insight from Ray Flores. The guy's watched 10,000 fights at this point, probably more than that if we're being honest, and the guy is absolutely everywhere when it comes to the world of professional boxing. Now he's in the world of professional wrestling. He's part of the Triller broadcast team. The, the man is all over the place. I'm very happy to see the success that he has had over the last few years in the boxing world. Big thank you once again to Ray Flores for joining us on the show. Let's move ahead to our next guest back inside the Octagon this Saturday in Glendale, Arizona, huge event, UFC 263. Let us welcome back the 21 year old Chase Hooper. All right, back by popular demand is Chase Hooper, who will be competing on the massive UFC 263 card this Saturday in Glendale, Arizona, taking on Steven Ocho Peterson. Chase, good to see you, my man. We finally made this happen. How are you?
6: Good. Just, uh, you know, trying to get the weight down as much as I can before heading out. And, uh, yeah, just excited to be on such a stacked card
3: absolutely and by the way the craziness and the scheduling snafus are a thousand percent on me so i appreciate your flexibility especially on fight week uh you talk about getting the weight down are you like on track towards like a typical cut for fight week
6: yeah more or less uh i'm trying to work more with the pi and kind of see how it goes i feel like i've been making my cuts harder than they need to be um So, you know, I really just have been taking all the advice that I can from the Performance Institute and the dietitians and stuff with UFC. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. I'm I'm feeling better energy wise than I usually do. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how that kind of carries me through the week.
3: So you're back, as we mentioned, you're on this massive card and you get to fight in front of fans again. And it's been since months, six months, excuse me, since we've last seen you. How excited are you to just get back in that octagon again and make that walk in front of a bunch of people?
6: Uh, I don't know. For me, it's never really been like a huge thing with the crowds. Um, You know, regardless of if there are people there, or there aren't when you're kind of, you're in the mix, like when you're fighting, it's just so intimate. That it's like just you and the other guy, and you can kind of hear a little bit on the outside, but it's not. I don't know. The crowd energy for me hasn't been too much of an issue. Some people are a little like, I don't know, like a little shocked or like a little scared with a crowd. But I just, I don't know. I uh, I always just think about it like it's the fifteen minutes that I gotta, you know, put in the work, and then after that, I get to go back to normal life. Um, so kind of regardless of how that has had to happen in the past or you know how it's gonna be happening this time, it's still just uh, you know the same rules, uh, you know, the same out of me. And uh, yeah, just trying to see if I can make the improvements and show that I you know belong to be here.
3: I've seen you have been a busy man since the win over Peter Barrett. We'll discuss the training part of it in a minute, but I noticed you took up a new activity in the snow. You're, you're a snowboarder now. How did you uh, enjoy your first season
6: on the slopes? Uh, it was a good time. I, I honestly really have never had any activities besides like playing video games and stuff outside of training. Um, that always makes it hard for interviews where people are like, oh, what do you do outside of fighting? And I'm like, I, I don't do that much. <laughs> I just sit around and, uh, you know, binge eat pretty much. But, uh, yeah, it's fun to have something to do that's not fighting-related at all, but it's still, you know, active and it still, you know, burns calories, all that. And it's, you know, it's a completely different type of, um, you know, I'm not very well-coordinated, so it's kind of a different, uh, it's just a different sport altogether, and I'm having a good time with it.
3: So is it like this year, this this past season? That your, was that your first time ever snowboarding?
6: Yeah, I've been probably less than ten times in the in the time that I've done it. But uh, yeah, I always make sure to not post too much about it before I come home. Um, you know, in case I do get hurt, I'll be like, oh, I got hurt training, guys. I I wasn't, <laughs> you know, trying to do some sick jumps or anything. Do you do any sick jumps? I, uh, I've attempted a couple, some uh, some of the, like, little baby jumps, but, you know, sometimes you just, like, scorpion yourself. Um, but, yeah, it's a good time.
3: So why snowboarding over skiing? Just the cooler thing?
6: Yeah, I, uh, I always thought it'd be cooler to tell people I got hurt snowboarding than skiing, um, but it's also, uh, you know, I've heard it's easier to pick up and then also... Um, the knee injuries are not as severe. Um, I've had multiple training partners have, you know, huge knee injuries from skiing, but not from snowboarding. So, smart man. I also saw
3: that you took another big step in your life. You're you're getting married. How about that? Congratulations on the engagement. How does it feel? Uh, getting ready to be Mister Chase Hooper.
6: <laughs> um. I don't know. It's a, you know, she's been living with me for a while. She's actually been with me since my first pro fight. So, you know, she's been with me since I was making, I think I made $500 and $500 for my first fight. Um, You know, she's been living with me for two and a half years out of the three and a half we've been together. So, you know, we're kind of already in that type of life, but now we get the... The tax breaks associated with that. Um, I get more of a benefit from that than she does. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I feel like I'm usually pretty good about not making too poor of decisions. So, you know, this felt like a good decision to make. And, uh, yeah, going through with it.
3: Was the proposal like a simple one? Was it extravagant? Was there like a 20-piece ensemble playing in? like, or, or was it just the old school, down on a knee, let's let's lock it up kind of thing?
6: Yeah, no, it was pretty basic, a uh, little awkward. That's just kind of how I do everything, though. But, uh, yeah, it worked out. Um, she didn't really care too much about that part, you know, more than the, the overall kind of moving on to that next step. But, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a fun little thing to look forward to, you know, once I get this week over with, but uh, still got to focus on the business side of things. Did
3: you set a date yet?
6: Yeah, it's sometime in uh, August the 21st, I think. This year?
3: Yeah. Get it done. I was the same way. I got engaged five months later. It was done.
6: Yeah, I figure I'll spend the money while I have it, that type of thing. (laughs) There
3: you go. In preparation for this fight, I saw (laughs) that you took a – a trip to Simpsonville, South Carolina to, to upstate karate. And you worked with uh, wonder boy and, and Ray Thompson. How did this all come together?
6: Yeah. So I, uh, it kind of all came together from training with Ryan Hall, um, initially. So Ryan Hall hit me up. I went out there and, uh, you know, trained for with him for a week after my Caceres fight in like, I won't say July or August, but, um, you know, he mentioned training with either Ring and Daniels or Wonder Boy. Um, he said they're both great to work with. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of have always been needing to work on my standup more. And I just kind of figured it was the right time. You know, after the fight, I had some more money. I had, you know, the time that I could take off and dedicate to, you know, just training and working on the standup. Um, But yeah, initially I was kind of looking at Thailand, trying to do some more traditional Muay Thai, Um, but it just kind of didn't make sense. The country's still pretty locked down and, you know, price-wise it was so much cheaper to go, you know, like the flight to Thailand minus, you know, what I'd have to spend on staying somewhere, training somewhere, all that was, you know, just as expensive as my whole trip to South Carolina So, yeah, I uh, went, trained with Wonder Boy. Um, You know, super cool. Uh, His dad runs quite a bit of the striking stuff. Um, But, yeah, they have a great program down there, and they're super, like, detail-oriented. They have a good way of explaining things. And it's always nice to, you know, kind of go to a different spot where you don't know anybody and nobody knows you, really. And just kind of be, you know, one of the guys kind of back at the bottom of the totem pole a little bit and kind of just be in the mix grinding with the other guys. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time.
3: So Ryan Hall and Steven Thompson, that's, uh, that's a pretty lethal combination right there.
6: Yeah. Hopefully I'm able to, you know, make use of the, I spent three weeks down in January and then I spent another week, you know, probably six weeks out from this fight. Um, So hopefully I'll be able to, you know, not embarrass them and show that I'm, you know, making the improvements that I need to and that I want to. Um, And just kind of being more of a well-rounded fighter than I have been in the past.
3: Well, it's, I mean, it's hard pressed to find better guys to get you ready for a fight as you get ready to face a 27 fight veteran. And Steven Peterson comes from a great team at Fortis MMA. We haven't seen him for a while. It's been a little under two years since the spinning back fist highlight reel knockout. When you saw Ocho's name on the other side of the contract, how did you react to that one? How do you like this one stylistically?
6: Um, I think it's a good fight because kind of the issue that I have had with the past couple of fights is fighting someone that is content with just kind of winning the rounds versus trying to finish um you know all respect to my last couple of opponents but both Casares and Barrett are you know perfectly fine with you know kind of point fighting and just winning the rounds and kind of grinding it out um but I I function really well in the more chaotic fights and I think that's kind of the, the beautiful thing about this one is that he, you know, he says it all the time is that he's kind of trying to chase the bonuses. He's trying to, you know, like everybody else, trying to make that extra bit of money. But he's, you know, a little more of a, a grinder and he's more of a guy that will bring the fight. And I feel like that's, you know, these are the type of fights that I need because they're, you know, uh, they let me scramble a little more. Rather than just kind of ending up with the like pitter patter type of, I don't know. You kind of get a lull in those type of fights, and then you just get into a momentum, and it's harder to break than when these these guys come out here and they try to finish you, and you have to, you know, match that pace. And it's, uh, you know, it, it makes it a better time, and it makes it better to watch. Just makes it better for everybody, really.
3: So do you feel like this will be more like the Tamer fight and less like the Caceres and Barrett fights in terms of like the action and the pacing of the fight?
6: Yeah, I think it really will be because, you know, the Tamer fight, he's trying to finish me the whole time. I was trying to finish him the whole time. And that's, that's the type of fight that I perform the best in. I have in the past, a lot of my finishes are against guys that, you know, want to fight um, versus guys that are, fine with the decisions um but yeah i uh i'm really looking forward to this one uh, just kind of see how well the new stuff is that i've been trying to implement will kind of mix into the old stuff and you know with the pressure of you know an opponent like this um it's gonna be a good time
3: he does have some submission wins on his resume. He's even got a an Oma plata finish in his career. Uh, what what do you think of Steven's grappling, his jiu jitsu game, heading into this fight?
6: Yeah, he's a. I feel like he's a pr- pretty well rounded fighter. Um, I wouldn't say that he's quite an expert in any area, but he's just really well rounded. Um, you know, obviously he's a veteran guy. He's been in the mix for a while. He's had a ton of UFC fights. Um, but that's kind of the thing is that. You know, I I want a guy who thinks that he can hang with me on the ground. That that's perfect. Um, you know, if he wants to grapple with me, I'll be just fine with that. And at the end of the day, really, like if I'm grappling somebody and they're you know out grappling me, I'm I'm in for a rough night. Um, but I I don't see him necessarily as a more traditional jujitsu guy. Um, you know, he's got some submission wins, but You know, for the most part, anybody that's well-rounded that has as many fights as he does should have, you know, a little bit of everything on their resume. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, obviously the thing is not to overestimate, um, my abilities and underestimate his, uh, but yeah, I, I think I'll have the edge in the grappling, um, Hopefully, you know, that's kind of the thing is if I go into these fights and I'm fighting a better grappler, uh, I'm going to be in for a rough night.
3: You're young, you're evolving, you know, long way away from your physical prime and you can certainly make some leaps in six months' time, but you're, you're going to implement a whole bunch of different things. You've gotten some different looks from different different styles of fighters, some really good ones, Ryan Hall, Wonderboy Thomas, like you mentioned – How much better do you feel like your striking has gotten since the Peter Barrett fight?
6: I feel like uh, the last fight, there was a lot of little fundamental things that were kind of wrong with my striking, which is what I initially went down to South Carolina, like telling them, I was like, Hey, you tell me like throw these punches and I will do it. But I feel like there's, something missing that's kind of you know putting me out of position or you know not letting me realize the potential of my strikes you know I'm not taking the most out of it I'm not you know using my body fully and I feel like uh you know for the first two two weeks or so probably that I was down in South Carolina we just worked basics and just kind of you know fixed a lot of these little bad habits that i had that you know made huge changes to you know my ability to hit quick um you know defend quickly be in position a little better and i feel like that will hopefully help out quite a bit um but that's kind of the thing right now is i still have so much time that it's trying to make the most of the time between the fights and really just you know, also, while I don't have like a, a secondary job that I have to worry about, you know, I have a, a lady here, but she's just fine, uh, you know, taking care of the house and the animals and all that on her own. So it's it's OK for me to be able to kind of drop everything for a couple of weeks and go train at these places. And it's really just trying to make the most of the time between the fights to, you know, make the improvements that I need. And uh, just kind of keep getting a little better every fight because I still have so much time, like you're saying. Um, and like I've kind of always said, is like my prime is still, you know, my late 20s and I'm I'm just, you know, I'm not even 22 yet. So it's kind of, uh, you know, obviously I still have to take these fights. I still got to make the money. I still got to pay my bills, all that. Um, and, you know, prove that I deserve the amount of attention and you know, respect that I have been able to get in the UFC, but it's just kind of, uh, yeah, putting the time in and trying to see these improvements between the fights. But I feel like it's going to be a lot different. I just understand a lot of the fundamentals of striking a lot better. And I, I'm hoping that when I'm tired, you know, I'll, I'll still be going back to, you know, the stuff that I worked on in South Carolina rather than, you know, old bad habits that, uh, you know, I've been more detrimental than anything.
3: So ultimately, are you happy that it was a six-month stretch between fights?
6: Yeah, it's also kind of with a weight cut, too. You know, I, I just need that amount of time for my body to get back to normal um, because I'm still growing. I don't want to mess up my body too much. Um, I think it was Paul Felder who just kind of put something out about people cutting too much weight and how it's, you know – It's going to hurt you in the future because then you're going to have to move up to a division you don't need to. Um, But yeah, for me, it's kind of uh, just taking the time to really soak up all the knowledge that I can and make the improvements between the fights and then also let my body heal, get back to normal, um, you know, eating normally so that I'm not kind of in a deficit all the time, trying to make weight, you know, every couple of months rather than, you know, taking a little bit of time. Getting back to normal and then cutting again. So yeah, it's just uh, kind of overall. It's been a good time to kind of take that uh, between the fights.
3: I know all weight cuts are tough, but is yours like particularly brutal?
6: I I think it's just harder because I I'm not maxed out, uh, you know, body wise. Like I'm gonna keep growing for a while and essentially the past couple fights it's been like a couple pounds added on between um you know each cut so it's kind of uh trying to treat every fight as my potential last one at 45 just to kind of not lock myself in because yeah i'm still growing and you know my weight has been obviously going up quite a bit um but it'll just do it randomly, you know, between the fights, my body is trying to still go through puberty and all that thing, you know? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be smart about it and not do it until I have a horrible cut and I miss weight or something. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, definitely a bit of a cut, but I'm, I'm really good at, you know, discipline with the diet and then, you know, the water weight always sucks, but you know, I, uh, like I said, for this one, I've been really working with the PI and, uh, the weight's been coming off great. So, uh, yeah, let's see how it goes on uh, Friday for weigh-ins.
3: I know we spoke after the win over Barrett and, you know, it was, it was a crazy fight. You overcame some adversity, you got the submission, but we also discussed, you know, how it sort of went over with the broadcast team more specifically DC and Rogan, who, will certainly be there this time around. And I'm sure you're not overly concerned about that part because you're getting into a fight in a cage with another human being. But is there, like, a small part of you that's looking to prove something to those guys this time around? The, hey, like, listen, I'm taking this seriously. I went out and I'm training with Wonderboy and Ray Thompson. Like, I'm finding great strikers to work with. Do you play – is there a part of you that wants to, like, surprise those guys a little bit on Saturday?
6: I think it's more – You know, the commentators, I I understand they're just trying to do their job. They're just trying to fill stuff, you know, fill time and throw stuff out there. Um, For me, it's more important to impress the matchmakers, you know, the people that actually determine, um, you know, my future, uh, you know, if I have a job, that type of thing. Uh, But it's always nice to be able to rewatch the fight and not have to be like, oh, that sucks to hear, but... You know, at, at the end of the day, it's more important that I'm able to get my two checks um, and you know, kind of have the win, have the momentum, and still have that you know, kind of positive outlook for the next couple months after. Um, but yeah, I I think the thing is still that I have so much time, um, but it's it's also not being content with just taking the win. It's just trying to you know, make the improvements. Obviously, I, I would love it if the commentators love this fight. And, uh, you know, we're saying I was doing everything perfect, but, you know, you can't really have too big of an ego in this sport for too long because, you know, at the end of the day, 50% of all the people that are fighting, you know, aside from the no contests and draws, obviously, are, are going to lose. You know, 50% of the people that step in there lose. Um, So it's kind of just, trying to be humble about it and not, not take too much into it. But, you know, so many fighters say that they want to improve whatever aspects, but I feel like I'm actually, you know, taking the steps to go out there and try and do it rather than just kind of saying it. And then, you know, fighting the same way every time I'm really, you know, buckling down and trying to fix this stuff that I need to work on and, you know, become a more well-rounded fighter and, you know, have, have a career here and, you know, not have to have a real job for a while and be able to, you know, support my family and all that.
3: So how do we impress the matchmakers, the guys, that they, they keep you employed and, and, and get you up the ranks. How, how does this all play out on Saturday? Do you have a, do we have an official chase Hooper prediction here?
6: Uh, I'm predicting uh, definitely an exciting fight. Um, You know, I, I know he's kind of a grinder. He obviously is always trying to finish, but he can, you know, he has the cardio to still go the 15 minutes. And the thing is I do too. I've been really, honestly, I've really strapped down and done a ton of cardio stuff for this camp more than usual, just kind of. So I'm going to be able to hopefully, you know, keep a high pace for that 15 minutes regardless. Um, you know, with both guys looking to finish, it's going to be really hard for it to go that full 15 minutes, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hoping for a finish regardless. And then, you know, after that, I'm going to go back and, uh, have some dinner and hopefully my jaw won't be too sore. There you go. Did
3: you, did you watch the Mayweather Logan Paul fight last night?
6: I did not, I don't know what I was doing last night. I think I was building some Legos <laughs> better,
3: better <laughs> call, better call. No doubt about that. I wasn't sure. I know, uh, Ben Askren your, your, your guy, your, your PIC, so to speak a couple months ago, didn't have a great night against Jake Paul. I don't think he really cares all that much because he made a lot of money and now he can build disc golf courses anywhere he wants at this point. But, uh, he took the loss extremely well to nobody's surprise. He's very good at that. What did you think of that fight? Did you watch it? Did did, did it surprise you at all?
6: Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched the Ben Astor fight. Um, it's one of those things where like, it's hard to watch like a teammate or, you know, somebody that you know and somebody that you like and have met, uh, you know, it's hard to watch that happen, but you know, he did get paid and he, you know, takes it really well. That type of stuff is always worse to watch for the people on the outside, you know? Having been someone that's you know been at these high levels and got beat up on TV, it's not it's not that bad. I was fine after you know just like he was, I'm sure. And the money obviously helps, but it, it's definitely hard to watch, uh, you know, somebody that you like genuinely as a person uh, to watch him get you know dropped like that on TV. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. He's he never really has been a striker so I don't think for him that he really put too much on the fight regardless of the result and uh yeah he he made plenty of money off of it so
3: yes he did and that's that's great for him last thing UFC 263 ridiculous card a lot of interesting matchups two title fights are obviously very interesting the flyaway title fight I'm really circled in on I'm so excited for that obviously Nate Diaz coming back and fighting Leon that's interesting that's gotten a lot of buzz which fight outside of your own, are you personally looking forward to the
6: most on this card to watch afterwards? Ooh, there's a ton of fights. I want to see a, a great one. Obviously the whole card stacked, but I want to see Bilal and Damian Maya. That's going to be a crazy fight. It's going to be kind of a, you know, changing of the guard type of fight. I think, um, and I want to see a you know, get the win after, you know, getting that uh, horrible injury from uh, Leon Edwards. And then I also want to see Nate Diaz get back in there, see if he still has what it takes. Um, you know, it's it's going to be one of the things where it's going to be cool to just be in these guys' presence, you know. The guys like Adesanya and the guys like Frigureto, these like – Just super high level guys, and I get to, you know, like walk past them in the hall, that type of thing. Um, It's just going to be a cool experience overall. I feel like the energy in the arena that night is going to be crazy. Um, I don't know how much I'll get to see after the fight, you know, being that it looks like we're going to be quarantined and they're going to drive us back, probably, I would assume, after. I don't know you know in the past they they have like a green room where you can go and watch the fights and eat and all that but i think they're gonna bring us back um but yeah it's gonna be a a great card and i'm honestly just happy with how the card's shaped up and you know the more people watching it the more eyes on me and you know that's kind of the thing is that uh trying to get that out there but it's a it's a fantastic card and i'm really happy with it
3: Big thank you to Chase Hooper for joining us. Like we said at the top, a lot has gone on in his life. He's engaged, he's trained with Ryan Hall and Wonderboy, and he lived to tell the tale. And his story will continue this Saturday in Glendale, Arizona, UFC 263. And we will be there. Jose Youngs will be on site in his backyard. So very excited about that. We'll bring you all the coverage, uh, the media day. well have the press conference on Thursday. We'll have the weigh-in show, of course, on Friday Preview show, people's free fight show, all sorts of fun stuff. Lots of coverage in regards to UFC 263 right here on MAFighting.com. Bellator is back this weekend as well. Bellator 260, Douglas Lima defends his welterweight title against Yaroslav Amosov. Aaron Pico on the card. Uh, Paul Daly versus Jason Jackson is on that card. That's an absolute banger. I will be out at Mohegan Sun on tomorrow. We're going to do a different kind of media day, so we're not going to virtually stream... The Bellator virtual media day because I'll be there. I'll be getting one-on-ones with all the fighters and we'll just upload the individual videos and then I'll be on site Friday for Bellator 260. So looking forward to that. And how can I forget the big announcement of the day on Monday? MMAfighting.com just got a whole lot better with the addition or re-edition of the legend, Sean Alshadi. That's right, multiple time between the links Guest, he's here. He's back with the MMA fighting team. I am so fired up about this. He told me about this last week, sent me a DM, and I was—I I don't know who is happier, Sean or me. I was so pumped to be able to finally work, finally work with him, a guy that I have looked up to in this business, a guy that I've respected, and I know I can learn a ton from. So very happy to welcome Shad Al Shadi back into the fold here at MMAfighting.com and. There's no doubt about it. We'll be I'll be asking him to be on between the links multiple times so Jed Machiu might have to insert a foot in his mouth and I know a lot of people want to see that but that's it. We're going to wrap up the show this week. Thank you very much for watching. Big shout out to you each and every week for joining us whether you watch on the YouTube page, or you listen wherever you find your favorite podcast. Big shout out to the legend E. Casey Lydon on the production side. Absolute lifesaver. Jose Young's Alex Savis on the graphics and the social media stuff. Really appreciate that. Back next week. Have a heck of a week, everybody. We will leave you with my chat from one of the winners from UFC Vegas 28 this past Saturday, the sniper, Sean Woodson. All right, let us say hello to Sean Woodson, who returned to the Octagon for the first time in nearly a year, and he fought a gritty and tough Yusuf Salal and got back in the win column with a hard-fought split decision victory. Sean, good to see you, man. How are you?
2: Good to see you. Uh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Good to be
3: back on. Absolutely. It had been a minute since we had seen you in action. You had a lot of time to reflect on that walk to the Octagon. How fired up were you to just get back to what you love so much, just getting in there and fighting?
2: Man, I was super fired up. You know, I was counting down the days. It was a long twelve week camp. Uh, yeah, I I was I was ecstatic. I was so happy from the beginning of fight week. You know, as soon as I got there in Vegas, I was happy. Felt amazing every single day. And yeah, to walk out, everything was great. I was so happy to be there. Always am.
3: It was one of those cards that I mean, there were so many fights, and they were trying to like keep with time, so we didn't really get to hear from you after the fight. But you spoke a little bit to the camera afterwards, and it was hard to really hear everything you were saying, but it seemed that despite the win, and I know that all fighters are their own worst critics, it doesn't seem like you were overly thrilled with your performance. Did I read that correctly?
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, not at all, man. Uh, I will say ring rust is real. You know, I, uh, I I was one of them guys that used to say, you know, oh, I don't believe in ring rust. You know, me and Dominic Cruz, you know, like, related with each other. As far as that, we've talked about it. Like, we both don't believe in ring rust. Man, ring rush is real. Uh, I felt it, felt it bad. Uh, warm up was great in the back. Everything felt great all fight week. I felt amazing. Walking out felt great, but yeah, the moment I got in there, I just just felt off. Everything felt off. My timing, my speed, my you know range. It just just everything was off. It was like uh, another dimension. It was just, it was weird. Something I've never felt before. And I definitely think that year layoff, you know, played into it. And, yeah, I just, you know, I felt off. I didn't feel like myself until, like, uh, probably the third round, you know. I didn't start, you know, really getting going until the third round. And, yeah, I just wasn't happy with my performance at all. Happy I got the win for sure. But, man, I'm so looking forward to uh, putting on a better performance next time.
3: I know it's the first time it happened, but like, what, what is that like in there? Like when you, when you feel like you're not yourself and you're feeling off, like you're in a fist fight, you're, you're in in there with a guy who's trying to, 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 to finish you and knock you unconscious or put you to sleep. Like what kind of like inner dialogue are you having with yourself in these moments? Yeah, I'm
2: just, uh, I'm, I'm just making sure not to like, let it get the best of me, you know, not to, not to panic, you know, like, uh, you know. I've seen a lot of times in fights guys will have a bad first round and they'll just, you know, that'll just determine the whole fight. I just, you know, I made it a point to, I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't let it get the best of me. I didn't, uh, you know, didn't fold under that pressure. Like I felt something was off right away in the first, but I just kept telling myself, you know, just stay tight, you know, be on your defense and, you know, we'll figure it out. We're, we're going to turn this around. I knew that first round was his hands down. And when I went back to my corner after the first round, I just, you know, in my head, I'm just like, you know, all right, that, that didn't go our way, but we're going to turn this around.
3: So it just became like, uh, just keep it, keep the fundamentals intact. Just, just be fundamental. Yeah. Like, don't do anything crazy. Just right. ride the wave. And eventually you're going to get to the other side of it.
2: Yeah. Just, just don't try and force it. You know, I just didn't, you know, I I knew it, you know, if I just stayed calm and stayed patient that I would eventually, you know, get into the fight, you know, I would, I would get going at some point. I just, you know, I didn't want to force it and make, you know, any stupid mistakes, you know, I, but, yeah, from the get-go, from the very first round, I mean, as soon as the first round started, it, had, it it was equivalent to feeling like I had never fought a day in my life. Like, it was so weird, man, so weird, something I've never felt before.
3: It's probably a good learning lesson for you. I mean, it wasn't the greatest performance, but in the long run, like, the next few chapters in your career, it's, it's going to build upon that because you've experienced yeah. that before.
2: hundred percent, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's as not happy as I am with that fight, I definitely took some positives from it. You know, it's, it's it gave me a lot of confidence knowing that, you know, even when I'm not feeling myself, I'm still, you know, I still have the skill the skills and the, you know, mental composure to uh to find a way to win, to, you know, not completely, you know, just crumble and everything go to shit. You know, like uh yeah, I definitely I definitely took some positives from it that even when I'm, you know, not feeling like myself, I still can make it happen.
3: Do you feel like a little bit of that mentality came from the Julian Arosa fight? Because that was the last time we had seen you and you looked really good in that fight. It seemed like some of the momentum was kind of heading in his favor before the third round. But then you came out and you dropped him and you had him in big trouble before he caught you in that submission. And that's the first pro loss of your career. But something tells me, especially after what you had just been saying about this fight, you took a lot away from that fight with Julian.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you hit it right on the money. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I learned a lot from that Julian fight, and I feel like that came into play this fight, you know. Prior to the Julian fight, you know, and all my other fights, you know, everything had went my way. So that that Julian fight, you know, when things started to, you know, not go my way, that was like a learning curve for me. That was a learning experience. So taking that into this fight with Yusuf, yeah, when that first round didn't go my way, uh, you know, I've been there before. I've been in that high-pressure situation when, you know, I'm not, winning i'm not dominating things weren't going my way but you know because i was there before i i I feel like you know i was able to handle that moment uh, you know a lot better
3: what had the last year or so been like for you since that fight with Julian? like i know you were supposed to fight in november against jonathan pierce but that fight ended up getting scrapped and then kai kamaka steps in and jonathan gets the win and the finish and i'm sure that was probably frustrating for you to watch but what had the last like 11 12 months been like for you heading into this fight
2: man just a test just uh just i just feel like i was you know constantly getting tested you know after that erosa fight that was whole, you know that was some major adversity i had to overcome you know dealing with that you know mentally uh and then you know the having that fight in november lined up and you know putting in a good training camp for that feeling great feeling amazing and then boom that uh getting you know swept out from under me from due to injury you know last second that was tough uh but yeah, I think it was just, uh, this whole last year has been like a, just a testament to my faith and like, you know, just doubling down on believing in myself and believing that I'm supposed to be here and then believing that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens to you, you know, you can just take positives from it. You can grow from it and learn from it. And yeah, this is just, this last year, has has been a year full of, uh, things to help me grow. And, you know, I, uh, yeah, everything happens for a reason and yeah, I just feel like I've I've grown a lot, tremendous a tremendous amount this last year.
3: What was the injury if you don't mind me asking?
2: I tore some cartilage in my ribs, pretty bad. It was uh yeah, it was like the last last hard session of training camp, um uh, I was going with a guy pretty uh going with a guy bigger than me, had me in a body lock and I was being real stubborn with the takedown and just twisted and kind of contorted my body in a weird way and right away I felt it rib cartilage tore and like yeah it was it was it was pretty bad
3: did you try to like battle through it and still try to get to the fight
2: yeah i was i was trying to do my best you know i still had a good amount of weight to cut and uh yeah like you know it was just such a you know for the ribs there's nothing you can do but rest so it's like you know i think we had like a week and a half or two weeks left before the fight so it's like yeah i could have sat around and like you know completely rested it that time but it's like i still had to be, I still had to be active to cut weight. I still had to be moving around and doing stuff to cut the weight. So it was like just a, a weird bounce. It's like you know, if uh, yeah, if I sat and rested and, and, and tended to the rib, the weight probably wouldn't have got made. And if you know, if I kept moving to you know make that weight, my rib was wasn't gonna heal. So you know, I was gonna go into the fight real compromised. So yeah, it was. I had to pull from that, which I you know devastated me. I hate you know having to pull it from a fight. But yeah, torn cartilage in my rib. It took about six to eight weeks to heal. And ever since then, you know, me and my strength and conditioning coach, we've focused on, like, you know, doing specific stuff to strengthen that area so that don't, that doesn't happen again.
3: Well, there you go. Um, one thing I was curious about and one thing that was definitely different from the last time we spoke is not working at Glory MMA anymore. I, I know you had learned a lot from James Krause and Grant Dawson and the team over there heading into your last fight. In the end, was it just sort of, you know, hey, look, it wasn't really broken before, so no need to to fix it kind of a thing or was it the matchup with Yusuf because he also has a relationship with James when James goes out to Colorado
2: oh yeah it was a a mixture of both of those so initially yeah it was kind of like you know the camp and the guys I started with you know what you said the you know it wasn't broke so you know you know no 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 reason you know try and fix things basically Uh, so it's like you know after the contender series fight you know Kraus reached out to me and said you know you know, come through, would love to work with you, you know, whatnot. And, you know, I'd be a fool not to, you know, take them up on that. You know, I, I spent, you know, my entire career training here at home with my guys at Wolves and stuff. So, you know, I had never really got to experience that, that, that big camp, you know, like with Krause and those guys out of glory. So, you know, I was like, hell yeah, you know, I definitely want to go and, you know, try that out and, you know, see what that's like. And it was, it's great. It's amazing, you know, and it's I, you know, I talked to a couple of other, I've done a couple of other interviews and, you know, I feel like guys are kind of like, you know, painted out as like, you know, I've just completely cut ties with them. That's not the case at all. You know, I definitely plan on going and doing more training with them. Me and Krause still got a good relationship. You know, we still text and talk from time to time. And, uh, you know, I got love for all those guys out there. You know, I, I, I the, the facility is great. The training is great. Krause is one of the best minds in the sport. Uh, But, you know, I think there's a there's two different there's two different guys in this sport you know you got the guys that you know they have to you know s- you know go, get away from home and you know get away from distractions and that you know puts them in the better mind state to train and you know be them best selves and then you got guys that you know they do better and perform better when they're at home you know happy fighter is a dangerous fighter and I feel like those that that's you know more my style you know it just my team at home just it, it just works better for me and you know that Outside of the training, too, you know, like, uh, you know, it's not just me comparing gyms like, oh, I feel like Wolves Den is a better fit for me than Glory. You know, they're both great fits for me. But when you look at the total package, just it works better for me at home because, you know, here I got my, uh, you know, I got my recovery team. I got my strength and conditioning coach. My nutritionist here. Uh, just being around my family and my mom and my dog, it just makes, you know, it just makes training as hard as I do every day. Just, you know. A lot more comfortable and you know i feel like i perform better under those circumstances
3: yeah it's nice to like log miles at first it feels like you know we're, we're doing something different it's like a new adventure and then you know it, it's it's in any line whether it's fighting or you know sales anything like the more you travel it's just like oh man like i could be at home doing this so it's no obviously yeah, yeah so it's not not a negative situation obviously it's just you all. know better and it was more geographic than anything yeah. And for this camp,
2: you know, honestly, you know, I would have spent a good amount of time out there for this camp. You know, I probably would have spent a few weeks out there for this camp if it wasn't, you know, the matchup. Just was, there was a conflict in the matchup. Yusuf having the same head coach as James Krause. And, you know, James Krause being really good friends with Yusuf and really good friends with me. You know, I didn't even want to, you know, try and tie him into that. You know, he just. So, yeah, I thought yeah, it just worked out better for me to do my full camp back at home for this fight. But, yeah, like next fight out, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to go out there and, you know, spend some time with those guys and sharpen up.
3: Good to hear. Good to hear. The fight itself was super competitive. Like the first round was pretty active, even though you didn't feel like yourself. You know, yeah. he obviously wanted to take the fight to the ground. You were trying to keep it up. You're even pointing to the ground to try to like lure him into your kind of a fight, but he kept his composure, a lot of clinching, a lot of wrestling defense you showed throughout the fight. Is that the kind of fight you expected from him?
2: uh to a certain degree i knew he you know i had a really good feeling that he was going to come to wrestle and try and take you know get it to the ground especially because of how my last fight went but i you know i wasn't expecting him to be as wrestling heavy as he was you know he has a a strong strong kickboxing background if you watch all his other fights he does mix in the takedowns here and there but he you know predominantly he likes to strike so i definitely was expecting to do a lot more striking this fight you know i I was not expecting you know him to pursue the takedown you know, as as hard as he did, nonstop like that. But uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely see him trying to mix some takedowns in there. But yeah, it was, just, it was a lot more wrestling, a lot more of a wrestling based fight than I thought going into that.
3: The second round you started to get cooking a little bit more. You're starting to land more. You were defending the stake more. A little more. I know you didn't feel great until the third round. And it seemed like your pace picked up a little bit in round three, but round two, you were starting to have a little bit more success. You ended the round with the with the tight guillotine choke that, you know, it was it was nice. It looked pretty nasty, man. It looked pretty nasty out there. But every yeah, everyone in Twitter land thought it was one one after two. Is that kind of how you and your team were feeling as well?
2: Yeah, I, I like yeah. I knew for sure that he had won that first round, and in my mind, the second round was you know iffy, it was a toss up, could have went either, either way, and I knew for sure I had won that third round. So I knew it came down probably to that second round was gonna like be the deciding factor of the fight.
3: Yeah, Yusuf. Of- did not seem pleased by the judging he felt like he got the big hose job from the, the big hose job from from the judges yeah. on las vegas how i mean you felt pretty good about it like where would you sort of gauge your confidence level when they're reading the decision were you like at a 10 there's no way i lose this fight or were you like eh, i don't know the judges can be a little fickle sometimes
2: yeah the uh well the moment the fight was over yeah like i i honestly couldn't have told you like if you'd asked me right then and there you know i just knew it was really close the moment the fight was over but the moment they started – the moment they started reading the scorecards and I knew it was a split, I, I was confident that it was going my way. The moment I knew it was a split, I was confident it was going my way. Uh, yeah, I seen he was pretty upset about it, which uh, I guess I kind of get it. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, like s- seem like I'm talking shit. Like I got a lot of respect for you and his camp. But it's like, you know, I don't really feel like he should have been that upset. You know, I feel like, you know, both of us could have done a lot more. Like you know, both of us could have done a lot more if the fight would have went his way. Like I, you know, I I don't I wouldn't have been like you know, super. I wouldn't have felt like I got basically. I don't feel like either one of us put on the type of performance where we felt like we could have got robbed, where we got robbed. You know, it was a it was a close fight. So like for him to you know, be super upset, it's like man, you know, you could have done a lot more in that fight. You know, for you to you know be upset like that.
3: Listen, you get the second half of your paycheck. You went through a grueling fight. I know it was the performance you had hoped for. Yusuf is a tough out. You got through it. You yeah. know, do, do, do we take at least some solace here? It was like a, a big sigh of relief that it's over and done with. You, you feel like you didn't have a great performance, but you still got the second half of your paycheck. That had to make you yeah. like, whew, all right, we got through this. This oh, is yeah. maybe as bad as it gets here.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, yeah, I, you know, is I wasn't happy with my performance at all. But, you know, yeah, like I was super happy. I got the win. Yusuf is, a, you know, a tough opponent uh had a lot of pressure going into this fight you know felt like my back was against the wall coming off that loss uh even though he was coming off of uh he was coming off of you know a two fight skid I was coming off of you know one loss you know I'm you know I wasn't 100% confident I would have got the same treatment as him you know and there's no telling if I would have lost two in a row if I would have got a third opportunity you know you know as far as I know I could have been that could have been the fight you know I could have been fighting for my job right then and there you know uh so yeah and yeah yeah, as, un- as unhappy as I was, I definitely took some positives from it. I took confidence from it, you know, that, uh, you know, didn't feel good, but still, you know, got made it, made it happen. And uh, yeah, I'm just, man, I can't wait for the next one. I can't wait for the next one.
3: Have you watched it back yet? No,
2: I haven't. No, I- I'm going to, I'll get around to that today for sure. Uh, I've seen like little clips on Instagram here and there, but no, I haven't watched it back yet the whole fight.
3: So you you're excited to get back in there. What what's kinda next for you? Like I'm sure you don't want to sit out another year again and, and, and kind of deal no. what you just don't. So when no. when do you want to get back? And does uh does anything stick out to you in terms of in terms of matchups?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah. So I, I got a little issue going on in my hand right now. It's kind of fat. Don't know if it's broken or just some, you know, just just banged up a little bit. I'm gonna get that checked out. Hopefully that's only takes like a few weeks to heal up. But uh, I believe I got like 180 day suspension. So as soon as I could fight is October, I believe. But so, yeah, I want to get back in there October, September. Oh, no, October, November, October, November for sure is when I want to get back in there. Two weeks ago, I watched that card. I saw uh, Josh Kuhlenbaugh pick up a win. Listen, to his post fight interview. He said that he would like to get back in there around the same time frame, October, November. Uh, yeah, we both fought around the same time. So turnaround time for us should be the same he's uh he likes to strike i love to strike you know I, uh same experience levels he's nine and one i'm eight and one uh i think it'd be a you know i think that's a perfect matchup there's a perfect matchup uh yeah i think like we you know his last fight he fought a one-dimensional wrestler who was trying to take him down the entire time you know out my this past fight you know i was defending takedowns the whole time i think me and him you know we duke it out you know it'd be a, a striking fight and it'd be an exciting one for the fans i really want that fight
3: Damn, that's a good one, man, and I know a lot of fans agree with that because we host a matchmaking show like the day after these cards, and that was a very popular selection.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm really going to push for that fight. I, I've already hit up my manager about it. He said he's going to try and make that happen. Uh, I hope he, you know, I hope he watches, fights as hard as I do, and, you know, he saw me call him out afterwards. Hope he sees this interview. I'm probably going to DM him on Instagram pretty soon and see what's <laughs> up and see what's
3: going yeah I mean I'm sure Josh would be more than happy to accept a fight like that and and get to show oh, yeah. more striking and not have to defend as many takedowns but maybe this is maybe this is gamesmanship on your end maybe you go out there and you start taking them down right away you know maybe maybe we're planting no. some seeds no I didn't no. think so
2: <laughs> you're right now yeah no i'm gonna I'm a be looking to throw these hands man <laughs> <It looks> like, <laughs> like a gamer man i think I feel like this that'd be a really exciting fight.
3: Last thing, and since everybody's talking about it, did you get a chance to watch the floyd mayweather Logan Paul craziness, or did you do yourself a solid and stay the hell away from that thing
2: i didn't even I didn't even think about tuning into that <laughs> and I'm biggest fight fan there is. I watch it all like everything I can if there's a lot of fight on I'm watching it, but yeah, that was just i that was just that's just a joke, man like I knew Floyd was gonna play with him the whole time that uh yeah, that's just silly. I mean, Floyd is Floyd is super smart for what he's doing. Like I can't, can't knock, knock him. Mean, like dude a husband, he's a genius when it comes to, you know, getting his money and all that stuff. But that's just that ain't something I was gonna pay for or tune in to watch.
3: Are you gonna watch Tyron fight Jake Paul on August 28th?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I will tune in to that because uh I think that's gonna be competitive.
3: I do I too. Be,
2: like I know a lot of people are looking at it like, oh. You know, Tyron is going to smoke him. Like, that's a no-brainer that Tyron's going to win. I don't see it like that. Like, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be competitive. I'm, I'm interested to see how that fight plays out.
3: I was more interested in the Askren fight for, like, the circus of it all. But, is, like, from a fighting perspective, I'm way more interested in this one.
2: Yeah. That Askren fight, that was, you know, I feel like, you know, that was too predictable. I knew how that was going to go. I knew exactly, how, like, I, I, anybody I talked to, I told him, Jay Paul's going to knock him out in the first round, like, quickly. They were smart with that. Like, they literally picked the MMA fighter with the worst hands in MMA history. Like, they were doing, man. Uh, doing
3: wild, wild, uh, wild world we are a part of, Sean. This combat sports universe that, that we are a part of. It's it's crazy. But listen, congratulations to you on the win, Sean. Good stuff. Happy to see you back. I'm, I'm glad that you got over that crazy year of yours. And uh, enjoy the victory. Heal that hand up. And we'll talk soon, man.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. Always great talking to you. Looking forward to putting on a better performance next time. And, yeah, looking forward to talking to you again after another win.
3: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov.